2: Tom, hey, this is Dave Negri, uh, your co-host, or one of your co-hosts at Contractor Secret Weapon,
1: and this is Pete Mitchell, your other co-host at Contractor Secret Weapon, and this is going to be a special. Uh, at least I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is going to be a, a carryover podcast for one of the other podcasts I do, which is called Church Planner Podcast. For for all of you contractors, are like, what in the world is that? These are typically pastors who are starting churches, not building churches like the building, but they're starting the congregation, if you will. So it's a it's a crossover episode because um, they, you and I have known each other for years, and we've talked about this stuff for a long time. And you've had a, a really uh, a big burden and a passion for really. Um, seeing how business can be treated as ministry for those of you who are listening, uh, who are Christians and you're like, Hey, I, I want to, I want to serve God in my business. How can I do that? And it's, it's not really something that in our society is seen as like, okay. It's almost like, well, you, you either are a pastor and you work, like literally in a ministry, or you're in the world, right? You're secular. We got all these great terms in the the Christian vernacular. So, um, so I want to just start it off kind of with that thought, Dave. What are your initial thoughts on this subject? We wow. Uh,
2: well, I know that I've been on a bunch of your mess mess my calls with the vocational pastors, and you know, one of the things that I, that's really that I hope, and I really hope, uh, is that the bivocational pastors—you know, you're te- you're teaching them how to create income through business of their own—and my, I look at it as a double blessing, really, in a sense. And I've talked to my pastor about this too, uh, because he sort of we sort of think on the same level, even though that he is a pastor and that's his job, and and he knows that there's a huge disconnect between business owners. And churches. And we can get a little into that later. But if you're a bivocational pastor, or even and, and and you could be a business owner, that I know business owners who have started churches, um, you have a double blessing because now you know the full spectrum. And please look at what God has given you as far as a business and the blessings that He's given you through that, whether it be customers or employees. And don't use it as a means to an end to have the congregation support you. Right. Because you have something unique that most people never will ever look at. And I know that there's pastors out there who are are called not to take money from the congregation, but to have their own businesses. And there's nothing wrong with that either. So it really depends on what's God calling you do in in that particular area, but as far as businesses go, I think, you know, and if this is the way I look at it, is um, we all speak a different language. Business owners, pastors, we all speak a different language, and God has used each one of us in our own capacity to be whom he wants us to be, and a lot of times, you know, I know that you've got... um, A guy sitting in, in, in church and he's running, you know, a multi-million dollar business. And he's said in church is, okay, what can I do? And so he's looking at what can I do here at church? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think that you can't be a leader until you're a follower. So follow your pastor, help him, but also come to the realization that God has given you a mission. And your mission is, if he's given you a business and you're trying to run it to glorify him, and if you don't know what that means, then that'll be another day, another time. But then do that. That's what God's called you to do. He didn't call you to be stuffed into a box from your pastor or church, because I go to church here. I have to run the men's ministry. Well, maybe you don't. Because here's here's the real reality of it, and I know that I'll probably get a lot of pastors ticked off at me, but that wouldn't be the first time, so
1: we'll be good with that. <laughs> um, well, I, I should also throw in there, you're, you're also a uh, an elder at your church, so it's not that you're not involved in ministry because you are.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, we do marriage, we do family, we do uh, finances. You know, so it's not like, yeah, that I'm sitting on the sidelines saying, you ought to do this and you ought to do this. It's, and really, God has called me to do what I do, not complaining about what everyone else does do or doesn't do. But you know if so let me tell you, this is, this is one of the best stories that I've heard. and a guy, a business owner goes to his pastor, and, and I've had seen it happen a lot, where he goes, "You know, I really feel like God has called me to ministry." And his, his pastor's one of those smart guys and goes, "Not a smart aleck, but a smart guy." And he goes, well, can I ask you a few questions? And he goes, oh, absolutely. He goes, how many, how many employees do you have? You know, that you want to say? He said, I've got 500 employees. And do they all have families? And he goes, well, yeah. And do they all have family? I mean, yeah, so would it be safe to say that you have about 2,000 people you're responsible for? And he goes, well, yeah. And he goes, so let me ask these questions. He says, you want to sell your business. You want to go to, to, to you know seminary for three, four, five years, whatever it takes, come out, have our denomination give you a church that will, you may have 200 people that you're going to reach from anywhere from two to four hours a week, but yet you have 2,000 people that you're touching 40 hours a week. Because I think that God has given you the ministry you just need to recognize it and do something with it, right? And I think that you know we get caught up a lot of times in, well, business isn't church. Well, it isn't. And church isn't business. But that doesn't mean that God didn't create it,
1: right?
0: You know.
2: And if if you really, there's one of my other get you mad things. Uh, first of all, God created work. So Adam to. You know, name the animals. And he stood beside them. Then he created business. Then he created the law. And then he created the church. It wasn't the other way around. So, and here's an interesting thing I learned from a Jewish rabbi. On each day of creation, God said that it was good. And on the seventh day, he said it was very good. But the eighth time that God used the word "good" was in Genesis two twelve, and He said, "The goals in this land is good." So I think money's good. So there's so much that that you know could be had, and you know if you have uh, a business and you are like I, I have a friend that has a business, twenty five years, and they have a huge ministry within that business. Uh, they have Bible studies. They have to do counseling. They uh, do so much in the community. My my take is, well, God's working there. Right. So why don't we, as the body, come alongside the business owner who has an ongoing uh, ministry and say, well, how can we help support God's ministry, not my ministry as the pastor or your ministry, you know, as a business owner, but how can we support God's ministry? How can we make it better? You know, they always say, that, you know, go where God is, is working and join him instead of asking him to join you and what you think you should do. Right.
1: Well, you know, so I, some I, of the, the, the concepts that, that you're talking about here, you actually really brought to my attention when you said, hey, you need to get a copy of this book and read it. It's called Beyond Business by uh, Lonnie. How do you say his last name? Do you know? Grenier, I think. Grenier. Grenier, yeah. Uh, beyond Business, how your company can build a better world. Lonnie is a former pastor who is a business owner. And as he would say, he's still a pastor. He just doesn't have a church congregation as we think of. Right. And But how he runs his business is as a ministry. And the reason why we're bringing this up, guys, if you're uh, a regular listener of contractor secret weapon and you're like, Hey, you know, now you guys are going off into this whole, you know, Christian ministry pastor thing. Well, it's because you as a business owner can impact a lot of people. It's so, like one of the things I really like that he brought out in uh, that Lonnie brings out in his book beyond business. And by the way, if you are um, a Christian or a pastor, uh, at all, right. Either, either way, I would highly recommend you get a copy of beyond business and read it. I've been listening to it on audible, uh, for a while. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those books that is for me, freed me up as a business owner to go, okay, I am doing the right thing and I can serve God as a business owner, not feel guilty about making money, um, And also to think about, okay, how do I handle my employees? How do I handle my clients? You know, how, if God were running this business, how would God do it? Like, how would God treat his employees? How would God treat his clients? And taking that kind of mentality and looking at it. And I think um, if you're a contractor, it really benefits you to look at your business that way and ask yourself those, those tough questions because... It can give you freedom when you start to see what you do as more than just work, as more than just an income, but as a ministry. And, and to really to really sing this point home, think about the effect it has on your community when you have a business. Oh, so yeah. since we since we do the contractor secret weapon, let's say someone's a roofer, right? They got a roofing business. And you've got to buy supplies. So when you buy supplies to take care of your client, you're now helping out all those other businesses that you're buying supplies from, right. the roofing companies, the, the shingles, you know, the distributors, all of that, their employees. Like by doing business, by actually acquiring product that you then turn around and sell for a value, an additional value to someone else, because now you're the one that's actually applying it to the roof or, you know, doing whatever it is that you need to do. And you've got employees and think about the lives that are then touched that they're able to then, you know, buy their homes, pay their mortgages, put food on the table. When they put food on the table, they go to the store, they buy the food, which then is going back and helping the farmer who's growing the food or, you know, the, the, the herder, who's herding the cattle or whatever they're called shepherds. I don't know what they're called anymore, <laughs> right? But like you have this huge impact on your community in business And one of the things that I really like what Lonnie brings out in the book Beyond Business is he talks about millennials. And as someone who's been working with church planners and pastors for years now and doing the Church Planner podcast for the last seven years, um, running Church Planner magazine, like the millennials are that one generation that is really hard for pastors to get in touch with. And the one thing that we know about millennials, and he brings this up in the book, is millennials are really concerned about, you know, how do we do uh, socially uh, right things with our business? You know, you got like Tom's, who I think it is, they buy a, someone buys a pair of shoes from them and they like donate a pair of shoes in Africa to, you know, people who need shoes. Um, You know, they want to do these kind of things. They want to be involved with these uh, endeavors that help their communities, that help other communities—not just theirs, but just help people who need the
2: help—and yeah—and there's an interesting thing I've read a bunch of articles is that um, millennials, in a large part, are leaving the church. Yeah, they're not leaving God, but they're leaving the church. And one of the reasons is because of the social aspect; they want to make a difference but they're astute enough to move to places that are making a social impact and they're doing it fiscally responsibly. Where a lot of times the church isn't right. They're just dumping money. Right. But a lot of these, you know, so it's, there's, there's a lot of things I, the I was reading. um, Um, is his book The call, and he goes. You know, he says, "There's a lot of things wrong with the church." He says, "But the good thing about it is that it can all change."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's there's there's change that needs to happen everywhere in everybody's life. There's no one thing that's going to happen, um, but except the one thing is us. It's it's our responsibility, right. you know, as business owners, you know, as Christians or followers of Christ. Forget about the Christian aspect as followers of Christ, to be responsible and to further his kingdom. And so how, what does that look like? You know, I, I ask some pastors every once in a while, and I'll say, to drive this point home, business and churches, if the church here at your address ceased to exist tomorrow, what kind of effect, if any, would it have on the local community? And they'll go well. The, I said, no, 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 not the congregation. I said the local community, mm. you know. But then you take. I have a. He, he's not going to listen to this, so I, I'll brag on him. I have a friend. that's a roofer. And we've talked a lot about him the past 25 years, and I've asked him this question. I said, let's let me ask you a question. If your business, because we were having a conversation about whether you know he's going to retire, or sell his business or whatever, and I says you can't sell your business for multiple reasons, but I says, let me ask you this question. If your business ceased to exist tomorrow, what effect would it have on the community, if any? He goes, what? And I go, I said, that's a rhetorical question. I said, I already know the answer. Hmm. I said, "You you have set such a precedence for Christ over the past 25 years in this community. They know who you are. They respect you. And that is brought in business because of your values, the way you treat your employees, the way you treat your vendors, the way you treat your customers, the way you treat everybody. It's, they know that it's Christ coming through you. I said, if you, company, cease to exist tomorrow, it would leave a huge hole in the marketplace that Satan would fill in an instant. Hmm. So now take a look at what would happen if Hobby Lobby ceased to exist tomorrow. What kind of a hole in the marketplace would they, you know, a company that gives away 50% of their pre-tax profits for the furtherment of the kingdom and various organizations? You know, so it's, I mean, there's a big scale and then there's a little scale. What, what you know, what, is it, what would happen tomorrow? If, if I cease to exist, what am I doing? What can I do? And I, you know, I can always do something more, something better. But it, there again, it's not what I want to do necessarily. It's what you know God's called me to do. So really, if you feel like you've been called to business, that is awesome. Don't ever be afraid of that because God called you. Just like he called your pastor to be the pastor of his church. He right. called you to be the pastor of your business. Be it. And how do you do that?
1: Well, and I think, too, when you look at the the impact that a business owner will have during the course of the week versus what a pastor will have because they have a Sunday service, maybe right? they got some small groups that they run or, or maybe a Wednesday night service, that kind of yeah. a thing. And in most of our churches in America, not, not so much in our church plants, but in most of the the established churches in America, it's kind of like... Pastors are like, oh great, you're a business owner, awesome, man. Maybe we can get some good tithe from this guy. Yeah. Right? I mean not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, yes, you know, where where your heart is, your money goes. So we want people's heart to be right. aligned with God and be like, yeah, this is what I want to help. But the reality is, is that business owner will come into contact with more people the rest of the week than that pastor will. Right. And yeah. most of them aren't going to be saved. And most of the people that the pastor surrounds himself with. Already are Christians. They're already known. Already are. Yeah. There's
2: very few out there that will run in in groups of uh, non saved just to be an example. And and that's okay. You know. Did you listen? Uh, no matter what. I'm not bashing a pastor because he has a job to do. No. God's no, calling him to all. do it. And and the nice thing about the church is that it's organic. It's not like a business. The business is not organic. The church is organic. It continues to grow. It exists because God made it exist. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's so much we can do. Like I talk to a lot of business owners about this particular subject and um, their eyes roll. I mean, literally roll when we start talking about money. And they feel that for the most part, their pastor only wants them for the money that they can give. matter of fact, I had one guy who's a millionaire and he goes, I just feel like the church is trying to bleed me dry. Right. I go. I said that's sad, and it's and the sad part about it is that it's a poor understanding on both sides of what money is, because money is good. And I like I I met Lonnie uh, at a conference in I think
1: March. Oh, or you April. met Lonnie? I didn't know that. I
2: met. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to him uh, for a few minutes. Can you hook me up
1: because I want to interview him on the podcast? Yeah, call him. He has a podcast. Oh, does he? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get his. Yeah.
2: His um, but he is awesome. He got I said, listen. I said, I just gotta thank you. I said, you're the only person's book pretty much they've ever read that thinks like I do. And he says, "Good. Go write another. Go write another book." <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's it's it has to do. Here's here's what I think, and and you know, I'm not always right, but I think that if pastors came alongside of business owners who are have you know businesses that are growing because God has ordained them in their business to be pastors of their business, and came alongside of them and says, How can we help you become the best Christian leader that God wants? so that you can do the ministry he wants. Right. I don't think there'd ever be a money problem. Right. But that's, you know, just my thought.
1: Well, I think, too, I mean, Peyton and I talk about this all the time on the Church Planner Podcast, that uh, a lot of, like, the way we do church in the Western world is not the way the early church was, and it's not the way it's done in a lot of the world, because. Like you look at a lot of churches in Africa, they can't afford to pay a pastor. Like that's not even a thought. Like there, was right. ne- it's never been a, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna start this congregation over here. Everyone's gonna bring a little bit of rice, a little bit of uh, chicken, a little bit of whatever, and you know that's how the pastor's gonna get their income. Like a pastor goes into that, no one, I have to get my income somewhere else because right, I have to work. Right, I gotta I gotta make money. It's all well, work. worked.
2: Every one of the every one of the disciples had a job. When well, I had a job, but they had a business. Yeah, you know, Jesus chose business owners to be dis- And it to was be also disciples. the
1: it was also the society back then, right? I mean, there wasn't employees. There was no. You were
2: either a business owner or you were a slave. That was yeah. Pretty I mean, much so it. It. it's
1: yeah. it's a little bit it's a little bit different in that sense. But you know, one of the things that that Lonnie brings out in the book that I thought was a really good point. It was like an eye opener for me. Is he goes? You know, notice right after Jesus is crucified. The uh, they go back to fishing because it wasn't like they could put their boats in storage or their nets in storage. I was just gonna bring that up, it was a family run business, right? And it never, uh,
2: and they didn't. And when Jesus said to them, you know, follow me, they dropped their nets and they followed him. They didn't shut down their businesses, right? You know, we have this uh, uh, thing that oh, they followed Jesus. Well, yeah, they followed Jesus, but they were business owners and the businesses more than likely to take care of their business, their household without them being there because the last miracle, they went back to their boats and they went fishing. Like you said, you can't rent, rent it out for the week. That was three years later. Their boats would have been dry docked. Their nets would have been rotted if the business had
1: Uber for uh, fishermen yeah, back then. Yeah, they they could have, yeah.
2: they didn't have come all that on that boat stuff. for a day. And, you know, and think about it, you know, from the aspect that um, Jesus was born into a a business family, he wasn't born into a a pastor's family or a priest's family. And the, the interesting thing that that he brought the line brought about was that you know he probably had to feed up to eight eight people, and because he took over the business because his dad had died early, right, and he was the head of the household. So, you know, he had a business that was running fairly well that he could take off for three years and do ministry that his father told him to go do. Right. don't. there's a lot of things we overlooked at it, but so that's one of the reasons that I'm putting together a study to go through, go through the Bible through business eyes and see a lot of the things that we normally don't look at because things are spiritualized that sometimes they shouldn't be.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think Paul's also another good example because we always think about Paul and we're like, well, you know, he wrote more books in the New Testament than anyone else. I mean, he, you know, he, he gave us all this great wisdom and, you know, he was like this massive church planner and he goes out there and he starts all these churches and it's like, yeah, but he also ran a business yeah, and he ran a business that he could take from city to city and think about where you would set up shop. You're going to set up shop and you're right next to the next guy and he's got his business and yeah. at this time there aren't any other christians right i mean you know this is a, a budding new thing and yeah. Yeah. he's got to like talk to them and make friends with them and and people are starting to get converted because he's a businessman in the middle of a city and he's doing his deal but he is who he is like he's still right. Paul right a follower but of he Christ. did he
2: did everything in the marketplace he did it all in the marketplace. And, and when he, and, and I'm real, if you go through Acts, it says that he started going into the synagogues and they pretty much booed him out. Right. So they went back into the marketplace. Right. I, it's very interesting. You know, when you start looking at it through business eyes and then think about, well, what could a kingdom business be? And that, uh, you know, for the past two years I've been looking at that and it's really very provocative, very mind-bending, you know. We want to be uh, followers of Christ. We want to do things the right way. But we have a tendency to follow the world's way to run God's business. You know, so we can look at that some other day, too.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll do a seminar on that. Dude, why not, right? Why not? Well, here's the deal, guys. Uh, if you've been listening to the Contractor Secret Weapon podcast, you've heard that Dave and I have a, uh, uh, a program that we're coming out with. We've been telling you guys about it for a while. Now is the time for you to, um, to basically see if this is right for you. And, and what we're going to be doing is going through our nine steps in detail. We're going to be doing this over a three-month period, um, basically three weeks each month. We're going to go in-depth. Uh, on each of the nine steps to, to set up your business. If you want to know what those nine steps are, head on over to cswsolution.com. That stands for Contractor Secret Weapon solution.com It is in the show notes, so you can see it down there. Um, if you are from the Church Planner Podcast and you're thinking, hey, I want to know more about that. I got my own business, or I'm self-employed, or I want to get into business. Go check that out as well. It might be something for you and your business. You're going to have to talk to me on the phone anyway to find out uh, if it's right for you. Um, So again, that's cswsolution.com. And of course, one of the things that we like to do here on the Contractor Secret Weapon Solution, and it's something that we'll be starting here shortly with the uh, Church Punter Podcast, is if you want to get a transcript of today's episode, all you got to do is you text the number 318 because this is episode... 318 for contractor Secret weapons. So you just text the numbers 318 to this phone number, 850-990-2020. 850-990-2020. That'll be the first thing in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that, just look in the show notes, text 318 to that number, and it will send you the transcript uh, of this particular episode so you've got it. And then go check out cswsolution.com See if it's something that you need to consider for your business. If you really want to take your business to the next level here in 2020, like we talked about last week, uh, it's insane to think that you're going to have different results if you (laughs) don't change, right? That's insanity. So uh, it's time to make that move. It's the beginning of a new year. It's time to do something different. So again, um, go to cswsolution.com. Any final thoughts from you, Dave?
2: No, I just... I'm just excited. It's to, uh, This year's over. i closing it out, and we're starting up a new year, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. That's it? No, I'm not. Wait, I said that wrong. I'm excited to make things happen.
1: There you go. There we go, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a fun year. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back next week with another great episode. Talk to you then. <clears throat> hey, do you want to do a few?